Welcome to episode 70 of the Valley Sports Talk podcast. We're just talking about an NHL player who was number 70, and there's nobody good. We can't, who'd we come up with? Tim Thomas, Holpe. Thomas, Braden Holpe. Um, you said one more. Uh, I don't know. Oscar Sunquist, you said. Yeah. Uh, Louis Domingue. Louis Domingue. A lot of goalies. A lot, a lot of goalies. goalies. Couple goalies are seventy, which is a really weird number to wear. Anyways, um, welcome back to another weekly episode. Um, the day you're watching this, uh, Vegas could be up three zero. The games tonight. We're recording this on Wednesday, June seventh. Um, so yeah, there's a very good possibility that Vegas could be up three zero, and they could be could possibly win the Stanley Cup tonight on the night you are watching this because I believe Game Four is on Friday. Uh, I think they is it two the two day break. Yeah, yeah. They, well, they play on, on Thursday and then Saturday. Thursday? Wait, so they don't play tonight? No. Oh, there's no game tonight. I'm an idiot. Never mind. It's because it's because the Heat play tonight. No, it's stupid. And I'm. They play Saturday. Oh. Anyways. And then they play Thursday and Saturday. Anyways, I'm, my point still stands correct. There's a chance that Vegas could be up 3 nothing that day you're watching this. But anyways, we're going to talk about the series a bit. Um, unfortunately, I was not able to watch game two, but I watched highlights. I mean, there wasn't much to watch. Um, and then we are going to have a couple games. I have a little, little game I'm going to bring Brandon through. It's just something, something plain and simple. And then he said he has a couple things. Um, so yeah, we'll jump right into a little NHL talk. Yeah. I mean, the series is two, nothing. Um, Vegas has looked dominant in, in both games, especially game two. I feel like, and as, I mean, we were kind of saying this last podcast when I made my predictions, um, Vegas is just a totally different monster, and I feel like the way Vegas, the Vegas, I mean, sorry, not Vegas, um, Florida's gameplay style, it doesn't match well against Vegas, because Vegas is just as big and just as tough, and they know not to retaliate, whereas Boston, Toronto, and... Um, Carolina you saw a lot of retaliation and and playing right into the hand of Florida and that's how Florida got the advantage there but against Vegas like I don't know obviously you said you didn't watch the game too so you, you they don't really show it in the highlights but if you watch the game after every whistle if Kachuk or Bennett or Duclair any of those guys are on a Vegas player will instantly as soon as a whistle goes they'll give him a quick push and then not do anything the rest of the time they just let the Florida guys like they're just they're just willingly taking punches and Florida's continuously getting penalty minutes. I, I think Kachuk has 40 plus penalty minutes and 60 minutes of game. Yeah, I saw that. Um, It's just hurting his team. Again, they won't show it in replays, but in game two, he took a 10 minute penalty. He came out of the penalty box. Uh, So he took a 10 minute penalty with two minutes left in the second period. So he was sitting the last two minutes, the whole intermission in like the first 10 minutes of the third period. So he's off for a while. So you'd think as a coach, you'd want to get him right back out there. Mm-hmm. He didn't play for like five shifts after that. So I think um, Maurice is, is giving him a little bit of a message and his first shift back on, he scored a goal and then proceeded to get another 10 minute penalty. So uh, I think, like I said, I think Vegas is, is can't, you can't do what you've been doing to other teams as you could do to Vegas. And, and it's showing right now for sure yeah for sure uh like it's been a very physical series and like the like the commentators were saying in game one because I, I just saw game one so i couldn't watch game two but the commentators were saying in game one like these two teams only played each other twice in the regular season but like 
you can even just you can even see that that um just in the, like the first two games how much like the Stanley Cup brings out like the competitiveness in people and like the for the ferocity or like the hatred like they're battling for arguably for well for them the the most coveted sports um trophy in their sport right um so like just like the the passion that these players play with and i know you said that like florida maybe a bit more because like they have a bunch of players that are like trying to get into their skin but even vegas i've seen vegas like they the amount of like hits thrown and the amount of like scrums after a whistle have been have been pretty nuts for teams like that only played to their twice like you can understand um like florida and the eastern team because they're playing those teams four times a year and they and then but they're only playing vegas twice right so it just sort of amps up and I, like you said about the the matthew tuck a, a couple of his maybe tens are sort of he's getting them based off his reputation like a couple of them in, in my opinion have been pretty weak calls like they've just been sort of looking to give him a 10 um in my mm-hmm. opinion, especially the one in game two his second one there i, I didn't really agree with that one as much I think uh, the refs like it was like six two already, and there was only like six minutes left, yeah, and the refs were just get him out of there. Yeah, exactly. Before something worse happens, I don't yeah, know. To- I totally get that. But like, I don't know. I feel like they're just like looking to give. Like Florida has not done themselves any favors. They've been shorthanded in this in this series a lot, which is not helping considering Vegas is very good on the power play. Um, so I, I feel like Vegas is being the dominant team, but I also feel like Florida is shooting themselves in the foot at the same time. That's what I mean. That's a, that's a good point because, like, the series is nowhere near done because, like, Vegas, yes, they've dominated both games, but both games have been at home. You know, the saying is a series doesn't start until a home team loses. But like you said, Florida's been penalty killing basically this whole series. And so we haven't really seen five on five, and that's where Florida, I, I feel like, is at their best, especially against Toronto and um, and Carolina. They were best at five on five, and if if they can i mean that's going to be a point of emphasis definitely by the coach and and i feel like Florida's is going to try and clean that up so we'll be able to see i think next game is going to be the closest game we've seen all series because Florida's is going to try and stay out of the penalty box and we'll actually see more five on five it'll be very uh, yeah it'll, it'll be nice because I, I and you called Bobrovsky by the way what you called Bobrovsky by the yeah. way yeah I, I felt like based off him or to chuck there he was gonna be the one to fall off, which you know, I've gotten right. But anyway, when you're getting the first game, I feel like Florida could have won, but they got into penalty trouble, like like we mentioned. Um, and they just I don't know, like they scored the first goal. They had this, the game was back and forth, but then obviously game two. But I don't know. I like you said, I think this the series isn't over yet. I think Florida sort of got a wake up call, like they've been sort of not like as an eight seed, they've been except for like the very first series, they've sort of been rolling through Toronto and uh, Carolina. So I think they sort of were coming into the series a bit, bit high and they sort of met a, met a, a foe that's worthy of them. If that makes sense. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think when you're playing a team like Vegas, you want to obviously you need to be at the top of your game. And I feel like that break uh, really hurt them to be honest. And I feel like if, if Vegas would have been able to, handle Dallas in four. I feel like these two games go a little bit different, but like I said, Vegas, like basically playing competitive hockey up until right before the Stanley Cup finals, while Florida gets the break. I, I feel like it actually kind of uh, backfired on them and and Vegas cut the advantage there going in a longer series. For sure. Um, so yeah, uh, game three is tomorrow night. 
Um, you guys will know if Vegas is up 3-0. If Vegas goes up 3-0, I don't see Florida coming back down 3-0. So I, I think tomorrow night is 100% a, a must-win game for Florida. Um, if Florida wins tomorrow night and wins at home, it's a brand new, uh, brand new series. But if, if Vegas wins tomorrow, I'm, I'm calling it over. Yeah, I don't want to predict what game Vegas is going to win, but I think uh, after games three and four, the series is going to be 3-1 Vegas. I'm not going to say they're going to win game three or game four, but I don't think Florida wins both at home. And I don't think Vegas sweeps either. I think it's 3-1 Vegas going into game five. Going back to Vegas? Okay, jumping on to uh, we'll we'll go out of that series and we'll sort of talk about it again next week because possibly by the next time we record, a Stanley Cup champion will be crowned. Um, there's been a bit of news uh, lately. Um, mostly uh, Columbus has been very active. They made a trade yesterday. We'll talk about that in a minute. But they also they are most likely going to be naming Mike Babcock as their new head coach. What are your uh, reaction? What's your reaction to that? Personally, I don't understand the move for Columbus's side just because um you got a guy like Johnny Goudreau who who basically like let's be honest he left the flames because of Daryl Sittler. Sittler. Uh, <laughs> Daryl Sutter. <laughs> Anyways, I'm a least fan, okay. Um he he left because he had a coach like Mike Babcock. That's the that's the reason he left the Flames. And um I don't know why Columbus would want to like hire a guy like Mike Babcock, especially when your best player is Johnny Goudreau. And like Columbus is a super young team, and and I feel like Mike Babcock, like I feel like he's got a reputation as a good coach just because he won so many cups. But that was a long, long time ago. Like the game that he won cups when it was big, tough, like grinded out hockey, and the game's completely changed. And I've seen it firsthand where. Babcock coached a young, skilled Leafs team, and it didn't really work out. And I just feel like it's because hockey's changing, and he hasn't really changed with it. Um, I feel like his coaching style is a little dated, and I don't think it'll work really well with a Columbus Blue Jackets team that's young and and not contending. At the yeah. Moment. So that w- that was my first take. Like, I don't think Mike Babcock's a bad coach. Obviously, he's a Hall of Fame coach. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame once he retires. I don't know how coaching hall of fame works i know it's like five years after you retire from the nhl but anyways um Babcock's gonna be in the hall of fame you know he's won stanley cups he's won gold medals but for me it was weird based off the point that i don't think columbus is anywhere near competing and i feel like if you're bringing in a coach like mike babcock you are a, com- a competitive team like you're he, he's not a rebuilding coach if, if that makes sense i think that exactly. if you bring in a, a coach with the pedigree like Mike Babcock and the system and style of game that he's going to want to run, it's not with a team like Columbus. Um, so that was a bit of a weird one for me. I don't hate the signing, but I also don't like it based off the situation um, he's in. Yeah, um, that's, that's exactly where I'm at. Talking of keeping up with Columbus, yesterday they made a trade, a three-way trade. Uh, they picked up the biggest name, uh, in my opinion, Ivan Provrob, who has sort of he's he's a good top four D, I think. I don't think he's a number one D, nor maybe not even a number two, but he's a he's a solid blue liner. Um he sort of was in trade talks for a bit with Philly. I feel like everybody's in trade talks with Philly. I, I have no idea where Philly's going with their franchise. But um uh some other names, Cal Peterson went to Philly just to get off his contract and then LA got a couple prospects 
And oh, Sean Walker also went to Philly, which I believe is opening a spot for Brant Clark to start with LA next year because Sean Walker was uh, playing a bottom six role for LA this year. Um, what it was, it was sort of a weird trade, but like, what are your? I don't know if you have any thoughts on the trade or not. I do. I, I think honestly, I think it was a win-win-win. Um, Columbus. I mean, they got the best player in this trade, but again, I like you said, he's he's. It's not like Ivan Prover has a top two defenseman, and and he's, uh, again, he's not a top two defenseman on a on a Stanley Cup. Winning yeah, team. that's that's what I'm trying to say. And like with the in the state they are, it's just I don't I don't really understand the need for Ivan Provorov, but I mean, it's and not like he's a bad. They're also not paying him the full salary. Thirty percent of his salary is getting paid by LA. Yeah. Um. But no, like I mean, yeah, they got the best player, but I feel so. I feel like I mean, I'm probably obviously still going to help them. For Philly, I really like the trade. They got a lot. Um, they got Cal Peterson, which basically shows me that Carter Hart's getting traded. Um, like you said, Sean Walker's not a not a bad defenseman at all. They also got a first round pick and two really? second round picks. Um, so that's a pretty good haul for Philly again. He's trying to rebuild and. Like I said, getting Cal Peterson, I feel like, is just a replacement for Carter Hart. So we'll see what they get for Carter Hart. And then even LA, they get two prospects. And even though they retain 30% of Provorov's contract, Cal Peterson was making $5 million. So they're still saving money in cap space. And like you said, making a spot for Brant Clark. So I feel like it's a trade that works well for everyone. It's not a massive trade, but um, I feel like no team loses here. Every team kind of got what they want. Yeah, for sure. Um yeah, like right after this trade was made, I, I was seeing stuff on Twitter about how Carter Hart is in trade talks right now. Like LA's, like Philly was, I think, I believe Philly was very close in finalizing a deal last night. They didn't say where or what, but I, Philly was in very close talks of sending Carter Hart out of there, which sort of moves me into my next segment. This is the one I wasn't telling you about. Um, there's a lot of goalies that I believe right now are on the trade block and are looking for new sceneries, and there's also a couple in pre agency. So uh, what I was going to do is I was going to name a goalie and I want you to tell me if they're getting traded, where possibly they get traded and what sort of like, if you like the fit or what, like you can say that they get traded to this team, but you don't like the fit or you, you can say they get traded to this team or they stay, you know what I mean? Yeah, fair enough. So we just, we just, you just brought him up. Let's start with Carter Hart. Where do you think uh, if Carter Hart gets traded, which it's looking like he's going to get traded, where do you think he ends up? Uh, I don't, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to give specific teams just because I don't know every team's cap space. But uh, sort of team, I feel like Carter Hart would be a perfect place for a team that's not trying to rebuild, but also not a contender. Sort of somewhere in the middle, like a a Montreal maybe, um, or maybe a team like Ottawa, or I don't know because I know I know you're not the highest on Carter Hart, but I believe he's a good goalie. I still think I, I actually don't. Be... I actually don't think he's a bad goalie. I just think he's in a bad situation. That's what I was gonna say. He's I think terrible, I don't. I also he's think in a terrible place. I also think he got rushed into the NHL a bit too soon. Goalie percent. Goalie is one of the positions where they have to develop for like three, four years in in lower hockey, and like they brought him up as a twenty year old, which is a a bit young in my opinion. Yeah, it's yeah. Again, like you said, it's tough. Um. So yeah, I feel like he's still got a lot to give in the NHL. I feel like he can still be a very good starting goalie and and uh, starting goalie for a playoff team. But um, again, he he needs he's he needs the ex- some winning experience before 
he rushes into a contending team. So I feel like if he can get into uh, somewhere into like a middle of the pack team who's in need of a goalie, um, could one really improve Carter Hart's situation and give him a new outlook on hockey and for the team he goes to if they're in the middle of the pack, it could that could be the factor that pushes them into one of the last spots in the playoffs. Yeah, I actually never even thought of Ottawa, but Ottawa does make a lot of sense. Um, another team that I saw got thrown out was actually a team in that trade with LA because a goalie I'm going to mention in a minute, Corpusalo is a free agent. Yeah, um, he did play very well in the playoffs for them, um, and now obviously they traded Cal Pearson, so I could see maybe LA trying to sneak a flyer off him. I didn't say LA because I have I have LA with another team with a player. I think you might name later. <laughs> um, do you want me to go into some trade the goalies that get traded or some free agents first? Trade it. Okay, so this so guy talk about LA. Trade... What? So I can talk about LA. I think I think I honestly know who you're gonna say. Uh, I think I'm gonna say him right here. Um, is UC Saros? No, it's not UC Saros. Okay. It, at the trade deadline last year, UC Saros was in names because they have that Russian. Oh, I forget his name, but they have that Russian goalie. They took like tenth overall, like three years ago. He he made his NHL debut. But UC Saros has been in some trade talks. What sort of a team that can go and get him? Because he's a. I think I believe UC Saros is a top five goalie in the league. Um, when healthy, I just I don't think uh, Nashville really wants to to pay him. Um, and they took this guy tenth overall for a reason a couple years ago. Um, where do you think UC Saros could land? I I don't know. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be bold, and I feel like this the ch- chance of this happening aren't very high. But if it did, it'd be cool. I feel like um, Carolina has three potential starting fringe fringe starter goalies in Anderson, Ranta, and Kachekov. Anderson and, and Ranta are both free agents this year. That's that's my point. So okay. I feel like if they got fringe starters, but I don't feel like any of them is a like number one, a, a true number one. Uh, and Kachekov is still young, so I feel like if they let Anderson and Ranta walk in free agency and can sign UC Saros, have him Good as the one, have a young yeah sorry, and have a young Kachekov backing him up. Because like he didn't he's he looked really good in the starts he made he just couldn't make too many because they had Anderson and Ranta but if if they let him both go and they let Kachekov be the backup and UC Saros could could be that difference that gets Carolina over the hump because they've they've been they've had no problem getting there it's just making it to the end that's been the struggle for him. Yeah, as a, as a Penguins fan, I hate that. I would hate that <laughs> four times a year. But I, you know I, what, Pittsburgh's like not a bad bet. bet too because you never know with with Tristan Jerry. Yeah. Um, who will I will bring him up eventually? Um, the next goalie that's on the trading block is uh, a a uh, John Gibson of the Ducks. He's told them that he wants to change the scenery. He used to be one of the better goalies in the league. Now he's sorta you could might be able to blame it on LA uh, on Anaheim being one of the worst teams in the league, but he has had a negative goals against uh expectancy the last three years, which does definitely hurt. Um, if where's John Gibson going? Because I, I do think John Gibson gets traded. Yeah, I mean it's tough because we've thought. I'm not saying he's not going to, but we've thought John Gibson was going to get traded for probably two years now, and uh, it hasn't happened yet. But I mean, I really hope he does. I feel like, oh, that would be cool. Um, it's just I don't. There's. Like you don't know what you're getting with Gibson anymore because obviously he he used to be an amazing goalie, but 
like his numbers are are skewed because is is he getting older or is he playing on a bad team? You know what I mean. So honestly, again, John Gibson, um, I feel like a lot of the contending true Stanley Cup contenders have their goalie situations figured out, and so I I also feel like he's getting traded because he doesn't want to do a rebuild anymore. So I feel like he's gonna like a fringe team like Buffalo. Um, would be very interesting because I know Buffalo's goalie situation isn't the greatest right now. Um, I, I yeah, honestly, you know what? Just looking at Buffalo, that'd be pretty interesting because I know Buffalo's looking to to get into the playoffs next year for sure. Yeah, it's, it'd definitely be interesting to pair uh, John Gibson with someone like Devin Levi, who's one of their top goalie yep. prospects coming up. Um, sort of having that'd be such a that. great mentor for Levi. I agree. Um, next guy is probably the biggest name I will name is Connor Hellebuck. He has this year and next year left on his deal. Um, and he's told the Jets that he doesn't want to go through a rebuild, um, which it doesn't look like the Jets are really going to go through a rebuild. They sort of more said they want to retool. Um, but Hellebuck might not be the, uh, the answer there. This is this is where LA is getting their big fish here. Connor Hellebuck, I feel like it's it's just a perfect fit. I mean, you get, I, I mean, not that, not that, divisions matter or conferences matter but he gets to stay in the west um against like teams that he has like he knows really well obviously he doesn't play the east that often so and he's just been such a good goalie for so long and I, la like we've seen in the playoffs the last two years they just they couldn't get stops against edmonton and they they took him to seven last year six this year um and goals wasn't the issue like both series last year and this year against Edmonton were super high scoring uh it was just the goaltending that that Edmonton could score at will basically on on LA the last two years so um I feel like Connor Hellebuck would make this team instantly a Stanley Cup contender for sure for sure um those are the trade goalies that I have um probably a couple I am missing um but I We'll go into some free agency. First one is a guy you did mention is Freddie Anderson. Yeah, Freddie Anderson again. Uh, I feel like he would need to be somewhere in a tandem. Um, and I don't know. There's just not many contending teams that are that are in the tandem boat. Like maybe you look at like a I don't know. I was gonna say Minnesota, but they got two decent. They got two decent goalies already. Um, that'd be tough. I don't. I don't see a spot like maybe St. Louis. Um, just because I feel like, even though they they didn't do well last year, they still have a really good young team, and I feel like they're um so young and so good that that they're kind of in a retool, not a full rebuild, and I feel like they they can be really good really quick again. So like a Bennington Anderson combo maybe. I also threw um a team like Detroit out there because Nadelkovich is a free agent and then they just have Huso. Like I feel like Detroit's starting to get competitive. And I don't feel like Huso. I don't really know if I trust Huso completely. So I feel like if a a Huso Anderson tandem might not be a bad look either. Detroit's definitely going to add a decent goalie because I feel like they're a team that's going to look to make the playoffs next year. For sure. 
Um, let's go ahead. Let's let's get uh, Nedeljkovic, who had a really good rookie year in Carolina, really bad year last year in Detroit. Um, does he sort of catch a? I know he's probably going to be a backup, um, but I still think he, if he is gets signed, I think he's an above average backup. Like he's an, a backup that I'd want to have on my team to go out there and play 25, 30 games a year. Yeah, like like you said, he would be a decent backup. Uh, I mean, at worst case, like you could split, you could go forty forty. Um, like Pittsburgh's not a bad option there. Um, a team like Nashville wouldn't be a bad option if they lose Saros. Um, I feel like he's just he's yeah he he's a backup on a really good team and a one B on a middle of the pack team like like Pittsburgh and and Nashville there so. It kind of just depends on the situation he's looking for. Again, we're, we can only speculate because we don't know if, if Nedeljkovic wants to take a lesser role to be on a good team or still try and prove that he's he's a good starter in this league. For sure. Um, mentioning Pittsburgh, Tristan Jari is a free agent this year. Where does Jari land? I think he's gone. I do think he's gone. Do you think he's back? I think that Pittsburgh, if Pittsburgh strikes that, like I think Pittsburgh will be in the John Gibson trade talks, I think they'll be in the Hellebuck trade talks. If they don't strike out on any of those, if they don't land deals with those guys, I can see them bringing him back just because of familiarity. But based off just the way his injuries have been, like, don't get me wrong, I 100% think he's a top 10 goalie when he's healthy. Like, you, you showed that two years ago. Um, but just the fact that he hasn't been able to stay healthy these past two years um, and bring in Dubas, a new GM, maybe Dubas wants to sort of get a new face in that. Yeah, I'm like again. I'm I'm not saying Tristan Jerry is a bad goalie at all, but for all the reasons you just mentioned before, like Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, unfortunately to say they're on their last legs here, and and they need, they need, if they're going to make a cup run, yeah, if they if they're going to go on a cup run, it's got to be this year, it's got to be next year, and they need a goalie they can trust. And Tristan Jerry again, like you said, really good goalie, but injury prone, and although because he's a really good goalie, I feel like he's going to ask for a lot of money. Um, maybe a little bit more than he's worth just because from his injuries, and I don't know if if Kyle Dubas will will want to sign that. Congratulations on Kyle Dubas, by the way. I did say, I said, watch Kyle Dubas. Oh yeah, we because we, we recorded on. That. I guess we, we recorded on that. last Wednesday, and I was like, watch Kyle Dubas is going to sign before this podcast even comes out, and it did. And so. next day, it was the next day. <laughs> yeah. Congrats um, on Dubas. Yeah, I I was ecstatic to be honest. Um. <laughs> Goalie who's probably increasing his stock right now is Aiden Hill. Yeah, I mean, God, you like wouldn't any here's here's my prediction. He's going to Boston. Okay. I because I feel like Swayman, he played so well. He's gonna like he's not gonna want to be a backup this year. He's a free agent. I believe he's a free RFA. agent. RFA. I was gonna I was RFA. gonna RFA. There's actually... no there's no way Boston can keep both. Swayman played so well. He's going to ask for a huge pay raise. And there's going to be teams out there that want that. Um, so, again, the way Aiden Hill played, um, you could you can definitely trust him in the playoffs. He's still obviously, even through this run, he's not a guy that's going to carry you through 55, 60 games in regular season. So if you can do an Allmark-Swayman situation with Allmark and Hill... And then say Swain, uh, say Allmark gets hurt in the playoffs like he did last year, like this year, where I think they should have went to Swayman earlier. Maybe they learned from that, and and they can feel totally comfortable going to Hill in that situation. 
for sure. Um, I also, I think that his, like, coming into it, obviously he was, he was uh, Vegas' third goalie all year. Um, yeah. Well, ma- de- debatably fourth more, when they got quick. More, he, he's played more NHL games than he has AHL, or he's played more AHL games than he has NHL games, but I just think this playoff run uh, will get him a deal, and it's, I, I don't know if maybe he'll get overpaid based off his performance. I think he will, to be honest, get overpaid a little bit, maybe. Probably. It always happens in the playoffs. It always happens, but yeah. Um, I got two more goalies to mention as we run out of time here. Uh, I'll save I'll save who one the one guy to the very last one. <laughs> but another guy who was very good uh, a couple years ago, been very injury prone, is Mackenzie Blackwood. Yeah, Mackenzie Blackwood. RFA. He's an RFA. He's... Yeah, I feel like he's just RFA. They don't move very often. He's shown that he's a good goalie. Um, that that would he's make it interesting. He's a good goalie when healthy. Yeah, exactly. But that would make it interesting because obviously they got Vitek Vanacek and Schmid. Um, I don't know if Vitek Vanacek still has a contract. I don't he know does. what that looks like. He does? Yes. Oh, that makes it tough then because after you, what you saw from Schmid, Schmid you almost... Feel like you have to put him in a backup role, um. So unless Vanacek gets traded, or maybe they trade Blackwood's rights, I would. I'm not going to say Blackwood's going to get traded, but I feel like one of Vanacek or Blackwood will be gone from this team next year. For sure, you definitely want to see what Schmid can do after that playoff run. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my final goalie is Ilya Samsonov. Yeah, I know it's boring. <laughs> I know it's boring because I'm a Leafs fan, but just like I said, it's it's hard to get rid of, of RFAs just because the team has so much control there. Um, and opposing teams' GMs don't really offer sheet very often. You don't see that happen. Um, just because it costs so much draft picks along with the cap space. So I feel like um, in Toronto, we're going to see a, a Samsonov and um, Joseph Wall situation. I feel like he'll be back. Yeah, um, um, the one thing that I, the only reason, oh, yeah. I, I... I think he'll be back too, but <laughs> one thing that I could see happening is either one, he asked for a lot of money and like a, a team offer sheets him like five mil a year, and that's something that I don't think Toronto can afford, five million dollars. I would hope they wouldn't try to. Hey, <laughs> eh? I would hope they wouldn't try to. Yeah, for sure. But uh, I could see a team offer shooting him, or um, I could see maybe Tree Living wanting to go his own way. I don't know. This that could definitely happen for sure. There's so many goalie options out there, so like I wouldn't, I I wouldn't be devastated if if Sam. Some more some other goal. goalies that sort of were thrown up in trade dark, so we can talk about quick is Thatcher Demko. Um, I think he he's back. Hey, I think he's back. He's so good. Yeah. I think he's I think he's too good to trade, but I know he has been. His name has been thrown out there in trade talks a bit. Um, I think that was it. I think that's all the goalies. I, I, I think Vimelka will not be an Arizona Coyote next oh, year. Oh, I forgot about him. Uh, he was in trade talks as well. He's just so consistent, and he's been so good on a, such a terrible team that, yeah, I feel like he's a good piece for Arizona, but if you're this bad, why not get assets for him? Very true. <laughs> um, quickly, uh, veering away from... From hockey, we'll go quickly to other sports as we wrap up. Uh, the PGA Tour and the Live Tour merge. I saw that. Um, I, I, if I, I don't know PGA, your opinions. If I was a PGA. I don't. I don't really like it. If I was a PGA Tour uh, player, I would be pretty pissed off, considering 
you showed your loyalty to the PGA Tour by not signing for a lot of money with the Live, and then they just go ahead and merge. So I'm not the biggest fan of it on the PGA. I think it looks pretty bad on the PGA Tour, but I mean, we're getting all the bet the, the all the golfers again um, back into regular tournaments, which which I like and make it more competitive. Um, but if I were the PGA Tour golfer, uh, I'd be pretty pissed off. I had the exact same thing. As soon as I read it, I felt the exact same way. Like as a fan, yes, you're going to get the best experience, especially now. Like you, you might even see a little bit of trash talking in groups if if it comes down to that. But and you're going to get to see the best golfers play at the highest levels, like you said. But at the same point, like you said as well, um, players like Rory McIlroy, who stood uh, at the face of the PGA, fought for the PGA. Um, left millions and millions and millions and millions and hundreds of millions of dollars left on the table gets nothing now and people like Deschambeau who left for hundreds of millions of dollars are now just being able to golf in the same tournaments as Ray McIlroy so it kind of screws people over like him and Spieth and Thomas and, and all those guys and Tiger yeah but I mean he's not playing golf anyways yeah no but he um, still got offered like 800 million yeah, dollars exactly so. yeah exactly and what does he get now nothing so nothing. It is what it is. Um, uh, oh, I had another thing. It's not that big of a news. We don't talk about soccer very often, but yeah. Messi joins the MLS. Okay. <laughs> um, I looked at the standings because even like we have the Toronto FC and, and Vancouver and stuff like that in Montreal, but he joined the last place team in the league. <laughs> did he? Yeah, he did. Miami's last. Wow, I didn't know that Miami's last. Um, it is interesting to note that David Beckham owns that the inner inner miami yeah I, yeah i saw that he said it was for family reasons i i guess i, I don't know but anyways now that now that he's there if miami ever plays in toronto there might be a chance i'd try to snag a ticket Just, you know, <laughs> get to see think, messi live i hate watching soccer um i enjoy playing it more than i, I like watching it but if i get the chance to see messi live like why not <laughs> yeah exactly you get to you get to see one of the best do it and I had one more thing, but I, of course, you know me, I can't remember what it was. So, sports news is is I mean for for the dead times, it's it's getting pretty pretty it's, good. It's loud, anyways. I think the I think this NHL offseason will be very interesting too. Oh yeah, it's going to be a good one. Mm-hmm. But with that, I think we will uh, wrap it up. Uh, if you guys enjoyed, make sure you leave a like and support. Again, the um, support has been really good. Our last three episodes have all surpassed. 40 views in 24 hours which is for us i know it doesn't sound like a long <laughs> for us it's pretty good um make sure you guys subscribe because 75 percent of the people watching aren't subscribed i saw that on our analytics so jeez and we'll see you later see you tom brady